guardian angels and patron saints, pray for us. Well, this Trinity Sunday, we take a moment at the conclusion of the full celebration of the Easter season before we pass to the celebration of the sacrament of our Lord's body and blood to acknowledge the complete revelation of the mystery of God in Christ. Pentecost is the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, and so with Pentecost we have, as it were, the, the, the whole picture uh, to the extent that any human being could ever have that, but that God has, has disclosed to us his deepest secrets, right? his most profound reality, that he's spoken that to us and shared it with us, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God is a communion of persons. God is a dance of love and of gift, of giving and receiving. And what exactly this means, it's difficult to put into words, but it's an important reality that God has told us, in fact, who he is and why he is the way he is. You see, when Jesus says in the Gospel reading today, everything that the Father has is mine, what, what is mine, God will give to you, we draw from this our theology of adoption. That what Jesus is by nature, the Son, we are by grace, as a gift, by adoption. We become members of God's family, in a sense, participants in the life of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, when God says to us on the day of baptism, you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter. And just as God creates by his word, God doesn't state what he's about to do and then does it, but the speaking is the accomplishment of his word. So too, when God says, you are my beloved child, there it is. That is what you are. You are, by adoption, what Jesus is by nature. This isn't just information. This isn't something, a diary entry that we make. This is what God told me today, and I'll try to remember that. We are changed. The change that takes place is of greater significance than any other change that we can imagine. And the reason for that is that we are elevated beyond our nature into the divine. What happens at baptism is far more profound, far greater a leap above our capacities than if I were to walk outside and one of my chickens were to begin speaking with me. If I were to strike up a friendship with one of my hens, what happens in baptism infinitely exceeds the ridiculousness of that scenario. 
Because God has said, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. Servants do not know what their master is doing. They don't understand him. They don't share life with him. They come in, they do their job, and they leave. No, no, you you are my friends. We linger over dinner together. Yesterday we celebrated uh, a mass for a young woman celebrating her 15th birthday, a quinceanus mass. And I I think that's a, a great moment where we touch this profound truth. Here we have a young woman who, in a kind of cultural tradition, we we have taken up this celebration of of a life. But she's done absolutely nothing to earn any kind of celebration, right? Why do we put together these grand parties and celebrations and call all of her friends together and call her relatives from other states or even other countries to come together and to be present because we're celebrating this life who has really accomplished nothing, right? If it's based on human accomplishments, at 15, what's there to celebrate? But of course, that's not why we're doing such an event. That's not why we're celebrating. We are recognizing the profound value of a soul that Christ has extended the offer of redemption to, made his own, and invited into the life of the Holy Trinity. And that there's something so profoundly beautiful about that, so joyful about that, that we can't help but celebrate. It's a deeply Catholic way of expressing the truth of our adoption. That everything that the Father has belongs to Christ and he will take from what is Christ's and share it with us. This is what it means to be disciples. This is what it means to be friends, that in fact we're caught up to a level that goes way beyond anything that we would be capable of individually. To be friends of God. We know how hard friendship is here in this life with other human beings. We know how hard it is to find true friends, people who really know us, people who really care for us. True true friends are a rare thing. But one thing that we notice is that it's very difficult to be be friends with people that that are on a a different level or share a a different kind of life. It's not impossible. But if I were to show up at the presidential palace, an invited guest of the president of of Mexico, we'd sit down, we'd have a nice conversation, I suppose, maybe smoke a nice cigar and have some ceviche together, but that's where it would end. We wouldn't become bosom buddies. Our lives are just too different. And likewise, I can't enter into a, a kind of friendship with a person who doesn't share the same kind of experiences that I have. Say, a child. I can have great affection for a child. I can have great love and tenderness. and have great care and be willing to sacrifice enormously for a child. But I can't be friends in the, in the most precise sense of the word. It's more of a one-way street. 
And friendship must be mutual. And this is why this claim should bother us. That God calls us to be his friends. It should unsettle us. I'm called, in a certain sense, into equality with God. To put it very, very crudely. This is the mystery at the heart of the Holy Trinity. That a communion of love, that God, who is perfectly happy in and of himself, as part of his happiness, wants to share that and draw his creatures into it. This is the source of great joy in the Christian life. The spirit of truth which has been poured into our hearts brings us before his holy sanctuary today. Not as servants, not as workers seeking the reward of a wage, but as friends to linger together around his table. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.